When I first moved to New York City, I was in the subway with my friend, and I was telling her that I really needed to find a waitressing job immediately or I couldn't pay my rent. And we were walking up the subway stairs, and in front of us was this woman. And she was dressed in a long fur coat, jewelry, she had a nice handbag, uh, well-styled blonde hair. Um, she looked like she was in her mid-60s. And she looked like someone that didn't need to take the subway or shouldn't be taking the subway. But she stopped us by the top of the stairs and turned around and said to me, get the Zagat guide, look for the highest check average per person and go apply there. And then she just walked away uh, like a subway angel. And I didn't expect that voice to come out of that very well-dressed Upper East Side lady either. But I took her advice and I, I got a great job and I was just fine. Oh, my goodness. Hello, friends. It's me, Dale Steve, your host and companion through the deep night. It's 4 a.m., the hour of regrets and revelations, and this is Dale Radio coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Oh, I'll be honest with you, it's uh, as I'm recording this, though, you may be listening to this at 4 a.m., and I hope you are. I hope you have it scheduled. I have you put a tickler in your calendar to, to buzz and wake you up to listen to this program at 4 a.m., but I am recording it slightly later uh, than that, a little uh, uh, further into the day uh, this morning. And it's because I had a, a bit of, I had a wild night last night. I went out to see the great Moon Drunk Band with our friends Andrew Bancroft and Ashley Perez Flanagan and Shockwave. And uh, on keyboards, a fellow named Justin Carroll. Uh, uh, I know a couple people with that name. But uh, it was great to see that they did it over the Waystation Bar, which is a Doctor Who-themed bar. That's what you want, you know. I never took to the to the doctor, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I thought the effects were a little bit shoddy, and I could never follow. They kept changing the people, and then I'm not sure what the robots are bad. I don't know. A lot, with, a lot of business with the scarf. But uh, uh, it was a great show, and we had, we had shot one of our web series there. When we did the uh, psychic reading with Eleanor Friedberger, we were, we were at that bar. So it was fun to go back, and I caught up uh, uh, with the dazzling Katie Lazarus and um, just talk showbiz. Just a couple of people talking showbiz, that's all that was. But uh, it ran a little late, and so uh, I was not able to... Um, uh, uh, w wake and record this at four as I usually do uh, from here uh, in the basement. Uh, so uh, we start off the program today uh, with a character piece from New York comedian, actor, model, and instructor over at the People's Improv Theater, Jamie Adursky. Jamie comes from South Jersey, but we won't hold that against her. The important thing is she got out. And in New York, she studied at the famed Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, the Annoyance Theater, and the aforementioned Pit. She has been featured in sketches on Comedy Central, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, National Commercial. I mean, this is the thing. This is the life here. Print ads, and um, uh, she's uh, been all over. Her solo show, I Just Disappeared, was featured in the 2015 Solo Com Festival. Well, I know all about that. That was a good festival. And her improv team... 
The Duke plays every Wednesday, 8 p.m. at the pit. And this is a big week for her, uh, I gather. So uh, truly, thank you, Jamie. And I hope everything goes well. She's going to have a child. Isn't that something? That's what's happening there. Hope that's not a spoiler for anybody. (laughs) Hope nobody's surprised by that listening to this podcast. But um, at this point, you should know how the body works. I'm just back from Little Rhodey, Rhode Island. I took Katrina and Pepsi up to see my old stomping grounds of Providence for a celebration of a dear friend and the program that I was a part of during my years there in the continuing education uh, courses. As you know, I studied advanced mold-making techniques at RISD while my ex-wife Jenny was studying accounting at URI. And it's uh, so fun to get together with some of the, some of the old mold alumni. <laughs> Oh, we were part of a performance troupe of sorts called Release Agent. And we would do skits and things based on art history, famous sculptures. I had a killer Rodin piece. (laughs) It was a real thinker. We had so much fun. I took Pepsi into the foundry to see some bronze pouring, and we got one of my favorite sandwiches from the Surly Sandwich Shop up on Benefit Street. One of those places where they have a sign. I love this. They've got a sign up on the wall. You can imagine it right behind where they make all the sandwiches and everything. Just tacked up there. Uh, it says, we reserve the right to serve refuse to anyone. <laughs> Don't you love it? Couldn't you just die? Classic Providence. And then you get your sandwich and get on your way. The university put us up in a bed and breakfast. Uh, the thing with a bed and breakfast in Providence is, and maybe everywhere, they're all haunted they're all haunted, especially in Providence. So at night, uh, I, I was just, uh, I would be woken up. I was just wondering, uh, you know, it was ghost quiet. And I kept hearing things creak and crack and jump and squeak. And I kept waking myself up thinking, is that the ghost? Is that it? Is now the time I'm going to see someone in a Victorian gown pass through the closet wall? What will I do if I see an old fisherman smoking a pipe and then he turns to look at me and a tiny fish swims through his eye socket? What I'm saying is I did not sleep well uh, during my time there, but it was great to see the old gang and to be scared by a city that should probably be walled off and cleansed with some kind of sage ritual or something. Uh, Today, tonight, all day, all night, on the program... Oh, you don't want to burn anything to chase this one away. Tonight we have uh, Anna Fabrega. Anna's a comedian, an artist, and to me a wonderful spirit that is making some very, very funny work. She's a regular, a semi-regular, as regular as anyone can be, I guess, on the Special Without Brett Davis a program that airs on uh, cable access here in New York. Uh, and she's done fantastic shows with John Early for the Showgasms at Ars Nova, which we've talked about. And uh, it's another person within this world, uh, maybe this uh, tail end of last season and this season, who we've talked to who work within this sort of theatrical realm, um, certainly doing stand-ups, doing characters, uh, but kind of pushing it a little bit, um, finding new new terrain out there. It's a, it's a great group of people, and I'm inspired by them. Uh, and uh, she was um, fantastic to come in to Harvest Works, where we recorded this, and uh, I was a very uh, I was thrilled to speak with her. We do a deep dive here on characters, and I realize you you as a listener may not have seen all the characters, but I urge you uh, to be inspired by this and go look up some of the things that she's done. She's got a number of great videos. 
but we really talk about the characters and some of the origins of those characters. And, of course, comedy and all the usual stuff we normally get into on this program. Uh, yes. I would urge you also to consider getting some tickets to see um, Wonderful, Wonderful at Joe's Pub. Just one minor thing before we get to the interview. We're going to be mounting a celebration uh, of spring in music and dance, and tickets are available now. They're 20 bucks, so, you know, uh, just skip lunch for a day. And it's at Joe's Pub in New York, Sunday, April 10th, 9.30. Listen, it's a little bit late, but it's only going to be an hour, and it's going to be fantastic. We've got Molly Pope, Salty Brine, Carriot Harmon, uh, who is on this show. Uh, uh, Carol Mendes, an artist, uh, choreographing some stuff for us. Uh, what, I mean, what else do you... Shockwave, Andrew uh, Bancroft, Ashley Perez-Flanagan, going to be doing a number. Um, the Trumpet Boys are going to be there. So all in all, it's a full show. It's a full show. There's more than that that are going to be participating. They're all fantastic. And... Um, of course, we'll be we'll be in all of our matching suits and bringing some of those great old Welk, Lawrence Welkisms into the into the proceedings. So it's going to be a great time, and I hope that you'll uh, go to our website, DaleRadio.com, and there's a ticket link right there on the right hand side, or you go to Joe's Pub and uh, on April 10th get some tickets. You can pick your seats. You don't have to get an obstructed view, but you could. Uh, so yes, do that. But now, but now, as I wish you all a, a happy Easter. Uh, I would like you to tune in, stay tuned in here, and listen to my conversation with Anna Fabrega. Anna Fabrega, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful, it's early still, isn't it? Yeah, at 10, 10.30 or so. Yeah, right yeah. right around that magic hour is mm -hmm. what I like to call it. And how do you, you fortified? Good breakfast today? Um, I had actually a light breakfast, so I'm a little hungry. Yeah, what, yeah if we whites? could wrap this up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I had some strawberries. That's it? Yeah, and coffee. Oh, okay, well, the coffee yeah. will, will get you through. yeah. Is that typical for you? Yeah, I usually have fruit in the morning and coffee. Yeah. Interesting. I like to, I mean, it's well known. I like black coffee, half a year of corn on the cob, mm -hmm. and just some dry toast. Yeah, well, you got to have your corn in the morning. <laughs> you can have it as a cob, as a flake, whatever, as long as you're getting corn. That's my point. Yeah. You're good to go. As long as you get it in you. Uh huh. That's because it certainly will move through you. But the point is, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I want to give you a compliment. Because there's all these great comedians, and I had so many, so many people have sat right where you're sitting, and I've, I've said you're great and all that, and they are, <laughs> they are. But no one has consistently over the last year or so made me laugh like you have. Oh wow! Uh, specifically, uh, we've mostly interact. We've never met. Yeah. But uh, I've seen the videos and your your internet postings. You have like a Facebook thing that you'll do of like celebrating the tweet of the week. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe that's was... Twitter too. I only see it through the Facebook uh -huh. interface. Yeah, I was doing tweet of the week for uh, a while. It was a few months. I think it was maybe four months I did it. And then, um, yeah, I just got bored of it. So I stopped doing it. But it started out as a one off. I didn't expect to do so many. And then I just really liked that the tone and the sort of short. Um, out of context. But we should describe what it is because you pick a, a a tweet that's what I write the tweets. You write the original. Yeah, ones? I write all of them. 
Yeah. I thought you were finding these oh, things. Oh, no, I was writing those. <laughs> I, I, but it's under a different name or something. You'll just yeah, I would them. always add the user's name, their handle, <laughs> uh, the city they lived in, um, which was often my favorite part, which is opening up Google Maps and picking a state and zooming in, <laughs> finding a state that uh, had less than 5,000 people, and then making up a name for the person and writing their tweet. <laughs> Well, see, now I like it even more. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I'm surprised, a lot of people thought that I was just finding them. I yeah. guess the people that n- sort of know my sense of humor in that way knew that I was writing them. Yeah. But a lot of people thought I was just finding them. I don't know how you would find But then, d- But the thing that you'd write would be so... Uh, the captions to yeah. them? Well, the caption would be, one the, but the actual tweet would be something like... Ooh, ooh. Moving 13 miles north. <laughs> right. Which, why would someone tweet that? <laughs> right. I guess. I mean, some people Somebody tweet so could. matter-of-factly about <laughs> things that um, part of it was just that. I had, I'll had. i go through phases on Twitter. If I were to go through and map out my Twitter, there would be like, okay, here's my phase where I was tweeting literal things that I was doing because I thought it was funny. And here's when I was tweeting in this voice. And it all just sort of changes. And when I started Tweet of the Week is when I was tweeting really matter-of-fact things like the time or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. And then your response will be um, for, like, move of the north or whatever. Oh, then I would always make the caption. Um, so I imagined the tweet of the week was this. I don't know who was organizing it, but they were always congratulating people for being selected for right. the tweet of the week. So it would always be a comment on the thing, like, like you know, hope we still run into you or something like that. And then <laughs> congratulations, the person's name. <laughs> it just delights me. Yeah. It's so simple. And it also, to me... Uh, it gave me a window into the into your comedic voice, uh-huh. and I, there's something once you lock into uh, your persona, everything else is so much funnier, and you get it, and it just it it lifts it all up. It's terrific. Oh, thank you. But did you 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 said you've only been doing this a couple of years? Yeah, I started performing live um, in June of 2014, so it'll be two years this summer. And before that, I had been posting things online. Um, and so doing live performance was sort of finding how to take my humor that I present online and doing it live. Yeah. Um, and then obviously still keeping up with stuff to put online because right. that, that was my home. <laughs> <laughs> this is your lifeblood, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But did you always have that persona, that kind of that, that detached um, voice? Kind of. In a way, I'd, like some of the videos that I first would post on YouTube, which I now put private because it's like <laughs> it's like having someone see like your, like, I don't know, like go through your diary or something. It feels yeah. very personal. And now when I watch them, I'm like, oh, that was me sort of finding out what my voice is now. Mm-hmm. And even stuff that I did when I first started doing stand-up, when I look at my old notebooks, I'm like, oh, I see how I ended up where I am. And I had to go through this sort of process of um, trial and error until I found it and was able to like lock lock it in, I guess. Yeah, that's the journey, isn't it? Yeah. But you found it pretty quickly. Yeah, in, in a way, a long time. in a way, I did. I think like it's weird. I have you know there are other performers who have really clear voices, and if you see a million jokes, you can point theirs out. Yeah. But I th- I feel like my voice changes a lot. It can be in the voice of a character, or it can be just very dry to the point where it's like it's not even a joke, but it's funny because you're saying it in the context of like stand up. Right. Um, so there's a lot of that to it, which I guess would be like my personal voice and not like a character voice. Right. That's a consistent through all of them. 
Yeah, like today, this morning, I made, uh, I, I love Photoshop. I got it in uh, in the fall, so I've had it for a few months. No, it's been it's been like seven months or so, and when I got it, I just fell in love with it. I'd never used it, and I locked myself in my room for several weeks and oh, just learned yeah. how to do it, um, and now can quickly make things. Like this morning, I t- uh, took a picture of the sun and a thermometer and sort of angled the thermometer so it looks really big. Um, and the sun image is like really, it looks like hot, you know, it has the waves yeah, in it. Yeah. Um, and I just put hot weather. <laughs> like that's with the thermometer, like the temperature really high. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. <laughs> and it's not, it's not a joke, but for some reason it's funny <laughs> because it's so matter of fact, right. I guess. <laughs> it's matter of fact, but. Uh, the t- somebody put that together. Yeah, That's yeah. The, that, <laughs> that I spent time this morning yeah, doing that. Yeah, you or other people. Yeah. You go through, even uh, you come up the elevator in here and there's a little, is it one of these elevators with a TV screen in it. Mm-hmm. It gives you the news and the weather. Somebody had to design that. Yeah, thing. I know. I what love that. What kind of sun? What kind of clouds? Yeah. How is a dark cloud different than the light? Yeah. All that kind of thing. It's great. There's I, a lot of effort that goes into banality. I know. It's one of my most favorite things is just seeing things that are actually in the world that you think someone made a conscious decision to do that they chose to have you know there's a dentist office in Greenpoint that I pass sometimes that has uh their logo is this tooth holding a toothbrush but very defensively as if it's like poking someone away and it has this look of like suspicion in its eyes and it's so funny to me I'm like who chose to do that and there's so many things like that that are just like you know I, I see them and I go, I wish I made that. But someone like sincerely made that. I wish I was good enough to make that as a joke, but someone actually made that. Um, that's their business. Yeah. that's oh, There's so much comedy in the world. You don't got to write anything. You just got to look around. Just look around. Open yeah. your eyes, people. Yeah. <laughs> Stay woke is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's everywhere. You ever think about doing photography? Um, just capturing these things that you see? I mean, I sometimes I will, <laughs> and the joke is done, and I don't need to do anything other than just take a picture of it. Yeah. Um, but but I don't have an eye for photography. I'm not a good photographer. <laughs> so the photos are not good. They're just uh, sort of proof right. of here's the thing that I thought was funny. Well, if you're not good, you can always uh, uh, smooth things out in Photoshop. Yeah. Make yeah. it better. Yeah, I could. But uh, if, if I'm in Photoshop... I'm going to play around with it. Yeah, you I'm going to change be... the image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add things that weren't have there. Have some fun. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm just I'm just here to have a good time. <laughs> That's fantastic. But uh, now uh, going back to your history as a performer and this kind of thing, you were doing things online. You were the what, class cut up or cut up in your risk assessment office. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> whatever it was that you're doing. But were you performing as a, as a kid? Were you a performer? I mean, yes, but never like outwardly. It was always just like to friends and family. When I was in high school, I was on the improv team, which was like short form whose line is it anyway style. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was a junior and a senior. And I did a sketch uh, group. And then when I got to college, I thought, oh, I'll do I'd like to find that stuff here. And I went to see the school's improv team, and I didn't think it was funny at all. And I was like, oh, no. And I never really found anyone who I clicked with, like, comedically. And I just kind of, like, shut off. And I didn't do any performance of any kind and um, just started focusing on school and thought, well, I'm going to, you know, study economics, and I'm going to try to work at a bank, and I'm going to do this. Um, Who put that idea in your head? Um. 
I did. I think in hindsight, it was my way of trying to deal with the fact that I wanted to do creative things and I wasn't, um, was to just be like, well, you know, it's really practical to have a job like this. So I'm just going to do that. But seal off entirely. Yeah. Um, or, or was it the fact that you needed to, you knew you needed to have some kind of stability to pursue the other thing? I think it was both. I didn't initially, I mean, when I was in college, I didn't have any plans of pursuing comedy. I would make videos online um, and post things online. In class, I was very quiet. I didn't have a lot of friends in college. Um, I lived off campus after my freshman year and I worked a lot. So I would just go to class and go to work and like, and that was it. And I hung out with my sister because we lived together and with her friends more than mine. I had like, it's not like, oh, I was a total loner, but like I, I, I keep in touch with almost no one from college because I didn't, I wasn't super close with anyone. The people that I do talk with um, now, it's, you know, a Facebook interaction or something like that. Right. So there are a few people at school who were sort of aware of my online stuff and would um, like engage in that way with me. But for the most part, I was very quiet at school. And um, and so sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if they thought it was so weird that I was, you know, this way online and I come to class and I don't say a word. <laughs> and I don't know. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. You have to watch <laughs> out for, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but you do a lot of the, the comedy has uh, that I've seen that you've done has been character focused. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously interested in that. Try to do some myself, but I'm not so <laughs> successful. And we've had a lot of your kind of larger peer group, your crew. We've had Julio uh, Torres and Brett Davis and uh, Cola Scola and a lot of this. And I'm so drawn to that world for the great characters that they're putting out there and their commitment to them. It's uh, it's fascinating. We're talking about finding your authentic voice and then pursuing it through the characters. Um uh, it seems to come from a very honest place. So you must have some perspective on these uh, people that you're conjuring up. But can we talk through some of the characters? Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe just give me a little bit of insight. But I want to start with the one that I saw most recently. This, how do you say, Irinia? A Nirninak. A Yeah. Who is uh, <laughs> a slow, slow-moving storyteller yeah. uh, from the north. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Thank it's you. just uh it's one of these sacred kind of things where you get and I have encountered it, you know, uh in some of the uh, uh, paper and ink conferences and things that I go to uh, through my job at Come Flyer with me, the nation's <laughs> premier hander outer of flyers yeah. for the comedies and musicals up on Broadway. <laughs> but uh, I go to some of these and they, often you go to a place and say, "Well, let's well, let's honor the people who live here and you have an indigenous storyteller mm-hmm. just kick things off yeah. to bless the thing, to honor the spirits of the room." Mm-hmm. And they get up there and, you know, I'm a performer, you understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I see when something's not going well, and there's been no vetting of the person for their performance skills. But they've mm-hmm. been brought in because they represent a tribe. God bless them. We've done horrible things. I'm happy to have them here. But they're not performers. Mm-hmm. And they get up, and they have a little drum, and they just move the drum, and they have no sense of timing. And it takes forever. And I'm just clutching my sheet because I want to say, come on, you know, yeah. or make fun of it. And some, but you shouldn't because you feel bad. Yeah. But this, this character, it goes right for it. And it's, it's as we were talking about it, it's not necessarily jokes. Not <laughs> but really. But it's, it's a faithful <laughs> recreation of that experience. Uh-huh. Lifted. Elevated. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I started coming up with that character, um, it well. It first started. Um, I just started talking like that to Brett and to friends here and there, and 
I was getting a kick out of it. And then Brett was like, why don't you do that on stage? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could write this. <laughs> but then I, you know, I wondered, well, what do I want to do with this person? It was just sort of the voice that I was having fun with for a while. Can we get a little of that voice with the girl who tried um, to trick the ocean or whatever it is? The voice is like this. It's a slow pattern with the rhythm that tends to pick up at the end. Um, <laughs> and I... I started reading creation <laughs> myths and for this character or just because yeah for yeah. this character um, and just reading uh, a lot of translations of like Inuit words and reading yeah. about different like regional dialects and listening to a lot of it and um, and then eventually that's how I came up with the name Anirninak. I like saw how the vowel patterns are and like the sort of, I don't know how to describe it, but there's like a, a tonal element to it that I really wanted to like learn how to master and then realized after a while, like, I'm not going to learn how to speak this. <laughs> this is, you know, so I, I have a few words that I pulled that I'll say in the monologue. Yeah. Um, and then the story I wrote after I had read a bunch of different creation myths and was like, okay, there's often an animal. There's often this element of like nature ruling. There's... Um, like the stars, constellations, things like that. Um, a moral tale, oftentimes, and um. But then you invented some of this. The, I yeah, mean, you invented all of the stories. I yeah. Imagine. So then, so initially, um, I had the story. Um, I I came up with the idea for like what the story was about. So the story that you've heard is. Uh, the cautionary tale of Ulikiak, the girl who tried to trick the ocean. Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, what is tricking the ocean? Like, how does she trick the ocean? And so I sort of wrote the story backwards. I had the idea for it yeah. first, or the name. Um, and then I have others that I haven't written. I just have, like, a list of others that I'll say at the end <laughs> of the story. Like, if you want to hear more, I've got... The, the boy who turned into a constellation, which is like a very literal thing that happens. The bear whose spirit became a metaphor, which is what happens in a lot of them. So um, it, it just sort of was taking the, again, like the factual sort of here's what happens in these stories and I'm just going to say it. And it's when you call it out for, for like exactly what it is, it it makes people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so much about the rhythm though too about mm -hmm. that that's that slow, speech pattern slow moving yeah and do you have you have music do you play music I do yeah I that was my thing in high school I uh -huh. played a lot of music I played started playing uh, drums when I was twelve I played like trumpet and band in elementary school yeah. and middle school and cool then stuff. yeah and then yeah. I got into the cool stuff <laughs> and I got like a guitar and a piano and a bass and a mandolin a harp like anything I could get my hands on in high school I started playing. And then I moved here, and now I, I play rarely. I actually played for the f drums for the first time in many months at a show on Sunday, yeah. and guitar too. I just never, I mean, especially now, there's only so much time in the day. It's, it's, but when I do it, I'm like, oh, I forgot how much I like to do this. Well, I knew there had to be something to it, because your ear is too good. Uh -huh. Oh, thank you. For the any of the characters, they're, they're spot on. And it's, I, I, but there's a little bit of a thorny business here, so let's unpack that a little bit in that we're not, you're not making fun of Inuit storytellers. No. It's the experience of going yeah. to one of these things. Yeah. I've, I've always had that sort of fear, like, I don't ever want someone to think I'm making fun. I'm just trying to replicate. Yeah. There's a, a lot of things that I 
do that I always wonder, like, does anyone think that this is mean-spirited? Because it's not. And, the st- you know, the storyteller is a great example of one that I've thought, what if someone thought that I was just making fun of storytellers? Or, yeah. Or, but, it, but that's not at all my intention. It's just to try to replicate that the feel of it or this like seriousness and the discomfort that people might feel when like when I'm doing the story live I I always I move really slowly and I try to find the story and I wear a jacket that has four pockets so it takes a while for me to reach into each pocket and try to find the story and so people just kind of being uncomfortable waiting for that moment to pass right um and I always seem very nervous before I go up so like that too like people being like okay why why are you so nervous why are you moving so slow and um yeah there's a lot of different and you've got um, a fuzzy hat on. And yeah, I've got my winter hat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so easy to do that bit in the winter because yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> yeah, need to bring not, anything. I just walk in August like this. You got yeah. That's a seasonal. Yeah, that's what I actually wear in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> but it truly is. Um, uh, it's a real commitment. To the, there's no winking. There's no break. No. In any of the things that I've seen you do. It's yeah. Not, it's not about that so much. Like, hey, look, I'm doing this funny character. Yeah, it's really bring channeling that thing and bringing it into the world and kind of changing the context of it. Yeah, that's uh, really nice to hear because I I never want to wink to the audience. Yeah, no, yeah, it breaks it. Yeah, yeah, it's no fun that way. I mean, maybe if you've been doing it for fourteen years or something, you can <laughs> have a little fun with it. I don't know. I about think that, but... my my wink to the audience <laughs> is if I'm doing a show and I start as a character, yeah, um, and then I break into my one liners, then it's clear like okay, that was a that was a bit. It's not actually me. Right. Um, that's the only way I I hint to it. But if I do a full set as a character, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give any nods to the audience. Right, right. You can't. Yeah. It's you have to you have to maintain it. Yeah. Otherwise, it gives them a release that's too great. Yeah. It punctures it. Courtney Egford. Mm. Watch this one. Courtney Egford. Um, so Sean Carney, who I met at uh, BHQFU, has a publishing Would company. You explain what that is. Oh, yeah, BHQFU is a free art school. Um, I Bruce High Quality. Br- oh, yeah. Bruce High Quality Foundation. Um, B- wait, Bruce High Quality Foundation University. BHQF. Yeah. Too many letters. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> they had a book fair. Hey, Sean, too many letters. Yeah. Um, well, BHQ, Bruce High Quality Foundation is an art collective, so yeah. this is their free art school. Um, a friend of mine was taking a class there in New Sean and pulled me one night to go to their open mic. He's like, I think you would like this. I think they'd like you. And I went to the mic, and it was great, and I met Sean. And, um, and Sean has a publishing company called Social Malpractice Publishing, and he was like, I want to publish a, a zine for you. And I was like, okay, what do I want to do for this zine? And <laughs> Had you had any relationship fr- to zines before? No. Um, no, not really. Did they exist for you as a young person? I mean, yes, but I didn't. I was not aware of anything. I grew up in Arizona, and I was not like... I didn't have any friends that made zines. I'm sure if, I'm sure they were there. I just didn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm too old for it. I, yeah. I mean, maybe they made it. I guess they did. Yeah. They go back to, you know, the 50s and 60s. People were making yeah. stuff probably before that. Yeah, I know. They've been around. Carrying around some stone tablets. Yeah. <laughs> glued together. My self-published stone tablet. Um, yeah, Anyhow, so, yes. so, um, so the first part of the zine is Facebook posts by Courtney Egford, yeah. who I just thought that was a funny name. Um, my younger sister has a friend 
named Courtney, and my mom pronounces it Corny. <laughs> and I always thought it was so funny. So when I needed a name, I was like, oh, I'm going to call her Corny. And so it's just, um, she's not someone that I ever do live. That was a very sort of uh, kind of one-off thing. Um, but I took a photo of myself in the hat that I use for Brittany Anderson and for other things um, that I thought was funny. And, and so that I, I tried to make the status updates and stuff match who it looked like. So the posts are very sort of in that voice of whoever this girl is, Corny, who's wearing her hat like this and in a very, I don't know, like way that is funny because it's so sincere and like not self-aware. Um, and so there's a, a lot of posts. I don't remember off the top of my head what some of them are, but there was some things like, like Courtney Egford uploaded, you know, 1,067 photos to the album <laughs> First Time Skiing. So I'm like, okay, this girl goes skiing and takes a million pictures. Yeah. So it's all kind of in that um, voice. But an imprint exploration of a person, a fictitious yeah, like personality. Yeah, like what, what you can draw from someone based on their on Facebook, Facebook posts. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Escobarra? Yeah, Dr. Escobarra is a, an ill-informed doctor, but like acts like... He or she. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Some people, <laughs> when I wrote it, I didn't pay mind to the, you know, that aspect of it. Um, but some, I think it's a man. So I say he. Um, <laughs> but who cares? Um, yeah, he. How did I start doing Dr. Escobar? I was doing the voice. And then. I think it was another one of those where I was talking to Brett like that. Uh And then I was like, I was uh, hosting a show and I didn't know what I wanted to do for the show. And I thought, well, what if I do this sort of, um, because I I was saying things very matter of factly that weren't true in that voice. And then I was putting together a show and I thought, well, what if I do like a medical themed thing and do like a Dr. Oz type character as this person with this voice and saying things that, are not true, but maybe sound like they could be true. Like the mm-hmm. logic is sort of there, um, but then conclusion is is wrong, or part something is is wrong. It's not totally wrong, but it's it's not right either. Um, and so I I did a show, I hosted a show like that, and had a lot of fun with it. And then um, when Brett was, uh, I had seen I, it was funny. I was like walking home, and I saw Brett and his writing partner Darren. Um, outside of uh, like a cafe and they were like oh we're trying to figure out what to do with our show and I was like oh we could do the doctor he's like oh yeah that was funny let's do that it's like okay <laughs> so then we like you know came up with an episode around this doctor character this is Brett Davis yeah who was in a little while ago yeah and we had a nice chat mm-hmm. and he has the special without Brett Davis yes on the yes public access yeah um and then you collaborate with a lot yeah. Obviously, you're talking to him in different voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so what else with Dr. Escobar? Yeah. And then the gestures and stuff just were inspired by a professor I had who had, he would, I don't know how to explain it, but he would make a point and then go, ah, ah, afterwards and like so point. holding your arm and yeah, it was it, it was like, like these gestures that I always thought were so funny. And so I pulled from that when I started doing this. I think it's because... Uh, the, I, since it is like a teaching position or like, you know, this character who's there to inform you about something, um, that maybe that's why that professor came to mind, but yeah. And then the voice is from who knows where it's not like, it's not an accent really. It's not 
like I don't know where Dr. Escobar is from. The last name makes it sound like maybe Latin American, but no. (laughs) Dr. Escobar is from somewhere who knows where. Someplace where his ideas make sense. Yeah. 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 And where he can be a doctor with those opinions. (laughs) (laughs) And you did that. And I realize that people listening might not, will not have seen Dr. Escobar, Mm -hmm. but that's a, it was, will you remount that at some time? Will you revisit the character? Yeah. I mean, I've done it uh, live a few times. When I do it live though, I liked, um, I like to do a PowerPoint presentation. So I'll be going through, uh, if you've seen the episode the version that i did on the special i had uh, props that i could actually use and you know fruit and vegetables that i could show and whatever right. but when i do it live i'll have a slideshow that i go through um but also i can do dr escobar for other things the last time i did dr escobar was at um my friend's show about football oh. or it was like a sports themed show and i did dr escobar talking about sports injuries yep. and stuff like that so he can go anywhere it just has to be <laughs> presenting things in the not completely accurate way right so yeah that, that uh, lends itself to yeah. a lot of situations um and uh you, you feel okay about doctors generally yeah my dad's a doctor ah. yeah that's where i got the scrubs <laughs> I, I wear scrubs as pajamas and i had um years ago i cut a lot of the scrubs into shorts or capris just like weird lengths yeah. and sounds nice yeah and when i was <laughs> Uh, doing Dr. Escobar, I thought it would be really funny if, like, your doctor came in shorts. Like, they're scrubs, but they're cut <laughs> shorts. to shorts. So so I wear the shorts scrubs and, and the normal sh- shirt and, then, like, my sneakers. <laughs> oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. You know, I don't like to see people in—maybe you can explain it, but you see people in scrubs on the subway. Yeah. I, or t- walking around at the subway, like yeah. the restaurant. A lot of hospitals, at I, least... I guess restaurants are yeah. <laughs> generous. Yeah. By the way, a fast food uh, place. A lot of hospitals will have, uh, like, changing rooms for the scrubs. Yeah. My dad would have them, like, bring them from home and go to the hospital in them and come back. But um, I think you were supposed to show up in, you know, your normal clothes, yes. change into the scrubs, and then, you know, throw them into a bin and they... Burn them. And they burn them at the end of the day. (laughs) Um, But I think maybe what you're thinking of is a lot of nurses. Yeah, nurses. Stuff like that. Dental people that have to wear scrubs um, will wear them home. But, yeah, it I, is, I guess I never thought about that. Lunch breaks and things. Yeah, I guess that is weird. Because Getting even, my froyo next to some scrubs. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, hmm. now I'm going to be thinking about it next yeah. time I see them. Like, what splashed onto you today? <laughs> exactly. What, like, oh. It's there to protect their body, not infect mine. Yeah. I'll call them out. <laughs> How dare do. you? <laughs> Please do. I think a public shaming campaign <laughs> for nurses yeah. is exactly what I want to endorse. <laughs> ah. These are great characters. Thank you. Today I saw a guy at the deli. Cause I, you know, I purchased some water for us. Uh-huh. I, I haven't seen you take too many sips I of it, so I'd like to see a I didn't want to be too loud. But I went over there, and uh, the guy at the counter, I started hearing the flight of the Valkyries, and that was his cell phone ringtone. Very dramatic. Very dramatic for a <laughs> deli trying to reach me. counter dun, employee. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to do a whole show about oh. him, because what's his deal? Yeah, that's funny. I love when you hear unexpected ringtones from yes. from phones. I don't have a ringtone to my phone. It's just a normal old-fashioned ring. I should do... Remember when um, MP3s were all the rage sure. for the ringtone? Yeah. Your favorite song? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to that? I don't know. I don't, I don't see as many people taking advantage of that. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has that anymore. I just leave it on vibrate. I don't even have oh. a ring. 
I like the ring. I don't want to disturb anyone. I want everyone to know people are trying to get a hold of me. I'm in Portland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, see, I have uh, roots in Canada, and that's where I don't want to. Uh, I don't want anyone to no hear anything to, I'm talking to about, see an area or even code though I exist from a different place. Where? <laughs> yeah. Why are they calling you from there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't need anybody to know what's going on, and no. I don't want to put anybody out. <sighs> but I get through. You got it. I make it. But maybe yeah. I will. Maybe 2017 is when I'm going to start jazzing uh-huh. it up. Yeah, I should put everyone in my phone as police. So anytime <laughs> I get a phone call, oh, the police is calling me again. <laughs> what I, do they want? Am I in trouble? <laughs> the most interesting person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Police, FBI. Hmm. That job's open now, that most interesting man in the world. You could sneak oh, in there. It's open? Yeah. I didn't. Retiring that guy. Oh. You want to move up? Hello. <laughs> uh, have you ever uh, been, um, uh, have your characters not worked? Yeah, I do. A lot of my stand-up when I don't do a full character thing is short one-line characters or like, you know, maybe like 20 seconds as a character. Um, and there are times where I'll do it and then sort of realize maybe this isn't funny or maybe it can't be drawn out more. Um, like I have a gardening character named Rose Evergreen that I was doing live a little bit and it just wasn't working very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that it was like bombing, but there was something to it that just wasn't quite right. And then I realized that it's that she needs to be filmed. It translates a lot better to film. Yeah. So like my friends Tynan and Ryan and I made like a, a video with her in it. And, and that worked so much better than some of the live stuff I had been doing. Um, so now when I do her, I'll do just like a 30 second monologue. Um, and so there are characters like that. And then there are some that are just don't, in my head, I don't want to know them anymore than just one line. So I don't delve into them, which sometimes I wonder, you know, should I try to make it more than this? But, but I like that it is just that one moment and it's up to interpretation, you know, put it on the audience of like, okay, who is this? Why are they saying this? Why are they saying it like that? And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like to be as, uh, have as little context as possible because that's, <laughs> that's what I get yeah. the most kick out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of my one-liner character things are out of context and just seem kind of absurd because they're out of context. Right. So you leave it up to the audience to decide, in a sense, whether they will live or die. Yeah, yeah. In some of those cases, other times you'll just let them be exactly all... I'm trying to think if I have a character that I try to do... Oh, you know what? There's one that I've always had a hard time with who's a a teenager. Uh, Her name is Vallis Thorne. And she, like, talks about a revolution that's coming and she thinks the gods are contacting her through her Zune. And it's just kind of like (laughs) angsty teen, works at Hot Topic, like that sort of vibe. Um, and when I do it live, I've never felt like it worked just right, but I'll make little videos as her. And I mm-hmm. feel like those translate a lot better. Um, maybe it's just, you don't want to be in the room with that person anyway. Yeah. I don't, You've I don't know what exactly it is. exactly the person I want to yeah. walk away from. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not, I don't know. It's just weird. Maybe I just haven't spent enough time with her, but I feel like when I've done it, I've, some like I don't know. I just wonder. Maybe I like the idea of this character more than I like yeah. actually playing them. Well, um, maybe as you said, it lends itself. Maybe that's just a vlogging yeah, project. Or yeah, yeah. It's tough to watch uh, characters within a stand-up set 
when they don't do well. Yeah. I'd yeah. stuff anyhow to do characters within a stand-up context. Like you walk into the stand or something and do a character. Yeah, I've. Ooh. I know. I've never performed at like a traditional stand-up venue yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think I would bomb. Yeah. I think they would not like me. But I don't know. Some. I feel like some people can do it, but it is so like people go to places like that expecting a certain type of comedy. Yes. And if you bring anything else, they're not going to yeah. be into it. And probably. it's a certain rhythm too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there is a rhythm to a stand-up show. Yeah. I do love though doing shows where it's pretty straight stand-up and I'm like the weird one. Yes. Sure. Um, but usually I feel like those are with audiences and with other stand-ups who like, like that kind of stuff too. Um, and so it's, it's not like totally... Um, fish out of water, but it's it's like um, it's just like some variety to yeah. what's going on. Yeah, that can be fun. Yeah, but if you watch a character die on stage, yeah, it's, it's doubly tough. painful. It's tough, but but then you gotta just respect the person's commitment for being like, well, because what are you gonna do if you're in character and it's not working? But that's your whole set you've got planned. <laughs> you have no choice but to just finish it up. What are you gonna do? Just stop? Okay, guys, All that's. Right. This is really me. You know, you have to finish it. And you guys like air travel? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be tough to yeah. segue yeah. from a oh, man. from a corpse on stage. Oh, it's tough when you're out there. Yeah. So what do you feel like is a through line though? We've maybe hinted at it a little bit and for all these characters. There's a little bit of Um, that it's like very straight, played really straight, yeah. I guess. Um I like things that are real and seem like they could be real. I have a stand-up character named Brittany Anderson who... Oh, you mentioned her before. Yeah, yes. who is, um, like, stand-up. I've done sets as her where people thought that's what I do. <laughs> and and in a way, it kind of makes me, like, cringe. I'm like, oh, my God, they think that that's my stand-up. But also I'm like, that's great that they think that that was really sincere and that that's actually me. Um, but... Like, I, I really like real people, and I don't like things that are overly jokey or cartoonish. And I feel like a lot of what I write is, like, you know, like, not funny in the sense that, like, there aren't jokes like, you know, here's something you're going to see, like, on, I don't know, like, Comedy Central's Twitter with, like, a joke. Like, I don't write jokes, right. really. Right. Um, and the jokes I write are, like... I don't know. I've I I really just like playing it very straight and being as sincere as I can and just uh, adapting and taking these people on and presenting them as they are without trying to yeah. make it funny. And it'll like inherently be funny, I guess, because there is that element of like oh, maybe I recognize that or it's so real that you believe that it's not me and that makes it funny. I don't know. Yeah. I no, wonder I, sometimes, like, why is this funny? <laughs> and I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I had an experience of uh, performing with somebody in a sketch and uh, we were both playing characters and uh, we look across, the, I looked into her eyes as we were doing the set and she, uh, or the sketch, and she was absolutely 100% the character she was playing. And it cracked me up so much because it was truthful. Mm -hmm. It was just she had completely disappeared and it was this person. And it was so spot on that I couldn't I, – I broke. I couldn't stop uh -huh. laughing. And there's something about conjuring the truth of those people yeah. that uh, I think is what we're talking about with the storyteller or with many of the other characters is like actually bringing that truth into the mm -hmm. world again wholly and completely yeah. – 
it tickles you and it shocks you in a way. But it is so funny, especially when they, they say exactly the thing that you yeah. want them to say, yeah. too. It's, there's some a little bit of magic to that. Yeah, it's all just, I don't know, I realize that my favorite performers who are doing, like, you know, I, 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 I'm pausing because I was going to say my favorite performers are great actors or actresses. Um, but there's a bunch that I love that don't do that that I think are great. <laughs> but, like, I feel the times that I've watched someone and been like, wow, is when I really admired their acting yeah and um yeah uh when it's when it's so real that you're like oh my god i can't believe this is you know especially when it's like your friend and you know them and you're like oh my gosh you are you are this person now and you're doing it so well right um yeah that's my favorite mine too and i'm glad that you and so many of your peers have been doing this kind of stuff or in various ways not Mm -hmm. they're not all doing this but if you talk to cola scola and Joyce, we had Joyce yeah. in here. Oh my gosh! There you go. Yeah, it's there, there's amazing. nothing else happening. It's amazing. God, Cole's so good. Yeah, he's uh, a, yeah a chameleon. But yeah, yeah. You, know, you see him on Difficult People or any of these other things that he does, and he's absolutely that character yeah. too. It's really he's a great, amazing actor. He's a great actor. Yeah, and really, again, that that sense of timing and rhythm mm-hmm. is right there. Yeah, and it's for, just so like sincere and believable, and you don't question it, and um, and then, you know, when it's done, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> That's fun. And, uh, uh, is there, uh, any, um, let's see. And you've made the videos too. There's mm-hmm. a number of videos that people can see. Oh, what I wanted to say about that is again, conjuring and all that. But part of what it is, is the visual uh, character, the the costuming that you bring mm-hmm. to it. You have a thing about hats. Yeah, I love hats. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing is, Enough I don't. Said. I don't even have that many. I I have like three hats that I'll use, but they are so funny to me. And when I put them on, I just want to like act like whoever it is that would actually be wearing this hat. It's like yes. people with their wigs. You know, I don't have any wigs. Uh, you, wigs you are something have... that I would love to get into, but. <laughs> I'm so lazy to learn how to pin my hair up to wear a wig cause uh-huh. I have a lot of hair and it doesn't fit in wigs easily. And so sometimes that's part of why I've never gotten into it because I'm like, oh, now i got to do a whole thing to put a wig on. If I just put a hat on, then it's good. Um, but the but costumes it, are all things that I already own for the most part. <laughs> things know, that like I would... They fit you, so it, yeah, it seems like it's... that I would otherwise have gotten rid of that like... Um, are just still I'm so hesitant to throw things away now like I have a lot of clothes that I need to get rid of but I'm like what if I need this for like oh, a character yes. yeah I know that um, feeling <laughs> yeah and Got a lot of old suits are saying well maybe I could do something with yeah. this yeah yeah 20 some years I haven't ever put that now I can't even fit into it and then I'm sad for a different reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the hats is like a brown uh, yeah like, like a, a beige cap, cap. cap. the yeah. men's cap like a newsboy cap like a newsboy yeah Another one is a kind of um, uh, just a black top, like a a bowler hat. Is it a bowler? It's kind um, of flat. Kind of. Isn't it's it? a flat top, actually. It's almost like the bullfighters kind of, or like yeah. you know, they have the musicians in Italian paintings would have. Yeah, that, it's like um, that. Flat, wide brim, a little yeah. bit, kind of. Those are the two I use the most. And 
Yeah. And then I've got like a baseball cap that I use here and there. If I'm playing a kid, yeah. I'll put it on and put it backwards or something. Must be um, an incredibly oh, rich the, home uh, life for it. Yeah, I've got the, the sun hat that I use for the gardener. Yeah. Um, the, those are all things that I had bought that hat when I was, my family's from Panama and we were going to Panama and my sister was like, we need a hat for the beach. Yeah. And I thought the hat was goofy, but I was like, it'll provide the shade i need so i'm gonna get it and i just still had it and then but not an official panama hat no not an official panama hat no it's just a a floppy sun hat that i happened to be buying when i was going to panama does your whole family wear the hats um no actually none of my family members actually wear panama hats yeah um and then the the black hat i hope that's okay to yeah (laughs) no no, it's okay none of us are lucky enough to have them Um, the black hat that I have, I got sincerely once when I was coming to New York when I was, I was, I think 17 or 16 and my sister's best friend, uh, was at NYU at the time and I was going to visit her and I was so excited because I was like, oh my gosh, NYU is so cool. Like New York. Wow. And her mom took me to this like vintage hat shop and I bought that hat and I thought it was the coolest thing I had ever owned and would ever own. And when I went back to Arizona, I was like, wow, I have this like awesome vintage hat from New York. Like nothing is cooler than this. And now I think the hat is so goofy. Um, But when I bought it, it was like a very sincere purchase. I feel that that happens with a lot of hats. Yeah. 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 You get excited in the moment. but I know. And then you, I don't know why hats are something that like you, like you need a lot of or very little self-awareness to wear it because I feel like when you think about it yeah. too much, you're like, "Oh, I'm the person wearing a hat." Yeah. You know, everyone's. I like hats. Hat. Yeah, and I I would like to wear them seriously, but I can't. I and maybe that I've gotten too in my head about them, but yeah, like I I can't wear a hat without feeling like I'm making a joke of it because I don't know. I gotta mask the, the sincere desire to wear a hat by making a joke of it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, there is a hat person inside yeah, of you. Yeah, there's a hat person inside of me it's, that's dying to come out, gonna, and I'm just suppressing it. Yeah, you wait. Yeah. You get to the <laughs> middle of your life. Maybe this is an awakening be... for me, and I'm going to you know walk out the door and go into the, some cool hat shop in Soho and get myself a hat. Well, now I want you to have a hat chat podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> just... is, my friends have a hat podcast <laughs> oh, called God. The Hat Cast. <laughs> that's time to end it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to stop podcasting. Yeah. It is Once a joke, though. They started it as a joke. Uh, see, yeah. everything starts that way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now they can't stop the phenomenal juggernaut that is Hat Chat. Hat What's chat. it called? Hat, it's called the Hat Cast. Tyne and DeLong and Joe uh, Romerol's Hat Cast. Oh, yeah. those two. I see. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so fascinated to learn the history of those hats because I've seen them now in a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should say you also are going to be in – you are in this um, uh, boy boy band. Yeah, which is on IFC dot com online. Uh, yeah, or you can find it on YouTube also. Or on YouTube. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's Everything's a, on there. <laughs> I mean, if you can't find it there. Yeah. Uh, and what is what you play music? The intern. Yeah. So the intern. Boy band is uh, Brett Davis's project um, that is about a you know washed up sort of former boy band member who's trying to make his big comeback by but making a new boy band played by Brett. Yeah, that Brett which plays. Which is perhaps to me the least likely former member of a boy band yeah. you could yeah. possibly have. Yeah, very unlikely suspect. I mean that with all yeah. due respect. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, does not strike me 
as a boy band. Yeah. So he, when he came up with the idea, like a lot of our friends are in it and a lot of people you probably recognize who like he kind of came up with the characters with people in mind. So I play a shitty college intern and it's a character that I do like on my own kind of that Brett was like, oh, I'm going to like write this person in to like, I want you to play that thing that you do. And Colin Burgess plays the music teacher and it's a very much like a Colin character. So he wrote everyone with, you know, the actors already in mind. Um, And so, yeah, so music is um, the intern who doesn't really do anything and is just on her phone and very climby and wants to be a star and thinks that this is her chance to like break out yeah. and become famous using it as a stepping stone yeah to the detriment of actually yeah. doing anything related to yeah. her duties right and yeah. she has a, a a crush on on Brett's character but also with the in, you know um what's the word intention of using it as a right. step <laughs> right. yeah classic showbiz yeah uh, <laughs> for this gal and that's uh, that's going to each how many episodes are there there are five or six. I'm trying to remember. It's been through so many edits that in the end, I think it came out to six episodes. And you're throughout. Um, yeah. Is there a little arc for the character? Kind of. Well, a lot of stuff had to get cut for timing purposes, so I'm not sure Why how clear at all? how clear the arc <laughs> comes through. There, right. everyone. There are so many arcs in this in the series that um, I don't know how well they will read because we had to cut so much but everyone yeah. every character had their own story going on um but um yeah her arc is it, she actually has a happy ending you would sort oh, of good. want her to have a bad ending but she ends like at the end everyone <laughs> gets their little like you know freeze frame like so and so went on to do this yeah. and music had a great career yeah. <laughs> she got what she wanted <laughs> yeah that's how that no, happens yeah that is the entire place out there i know <sighs> Yeah, and there's a lot of interns that just descend. Yeah, and, and and everything works out for them. I almost feel like I should have more of that. Yeah. That just blatant, I'm going to go out for myself and, and yeah, forget it. Yeah, and it works for people. And you watch it and you go, wow, what if I did that? But you're like, I can't yeah. do that. No, they couldn't sit in a room and talk about hats. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're going to do more? Um, or that, no, I think that, I think that was thing. that. Was yeah, um, but it's great to have found, as we said, this group. To to uh, how did you find them? Were you at UCB or something? Um, well, I took a class at UCB when I was a senior in college, and then a year later, I took another class, and I met some people in there, but not anyone I met doing stand up. The people uh, I met in stand up, my friend Aaron, um, knew Julio Torres through school. They both went to the new school, and um, that was sort of my gateway into that world. And then also. Um, my friends Brian and Edie were in a sketch group and they were kind of aware of this group and this thing happening. Um, and when I started doing stand-up, they also wanted to do stand-up. So the three of us started going to their shows. And then, um, the yeah, so it was through Julio that I met them. And then when I went to Lorelai Ramirez's show, Do Something, was the first like moment where everyone was sort of there. And mm. I was like, oh, wow, this is like the group. This is where I need to be. Yeah, exactly. It was literally like the first time I ever felt like I was in front of an audience that understood what I was doing and where I loved what everyone was doing and everyone was doing such different and interesting stuff and was very supportive of like, yeah, it was great. It's It's like the 
that's such a great group and there's so many people that I am constantly like wow you're so talented I can't believe I know you <laughs> like and oh, you're wow. and you're a great person wow you're, you're holding your own in that yeah. uh, oh. mix so that's terrific and you're you're part of the the special every week or every um week? not every week I haven't done it in a bit um yeah I think I haven't done it in a little while um but you know when when I'm needed when called, I'll you, yeah you'll come I'll back do it every, every, I host a weekly show um and I've been doing more of I don't know I've just had other stuff. My day job also got really busy yeah. um, at the beginning of this year. So, so you're allowed to say what that is? Yeah, yeah. I work for a credit risk management company called Global Credit Services. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you specifically with supermarkets, is that what you said? Um, well, I was interning. When I interned there, I was working under a guy who managed supermarkets, drugstores, and drug distributors. So That's I was, a good portfolio. Yeah, so I was doing a lot of those. And then... Um, now I've been covering for someone doing client service work, but she just came back today, oh. and now I'll be going back to like supermarkets and stuff, and whatever other retailers they need me to write about. It'll be fun to see what's changed since yeah. you've been on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go through the SEC website again, pull oh. up my ten Qs and my ten Ks, and open up Excel, Word, and just go to town. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm very excited for yeah. Q three and yeah. to see how this is all going to pan know. out. I know, I <laughs> know, yeah. It's funny. A lot of people are always like surprised when they find out that that's my day job. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's what. And people in my office too. When I started doing comedy, I um, thought I was going to quit because I couldn't with the hours go to mics. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to quit. And um, it came out that you know in the discussion that the reason I want to leave is because I want to start pursuing comedy. <laughs> And I think they were so confused, like, what, you? You're, because I'm very quiet at work. Sure. Yeah. And I don't make any jokes. And um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think they were surprised, too. Um, but they've been very supportive. Yeah, I and still don't understand what it is. I'll be <laughs> I I write, I'll go through, like, quarterly or annual results and, like, calculate some numbers from their financial statements and then go through the whole uh, MDNA section and read the earnings call transcripts and then put together like uh, an opinion. They're called credit opinions of like, should you lend this company uh, money on credit if you're a, a vendor? Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah. clears, that clears it up. Business to business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it's. I'm glad you have that. Yeah. Because it allows you to do all this other stuff. Yes. And it sounds like you're also ensuring some kind of uh, credit uh, stability within yeah. the supermarket yeah. and drugstore. <laughs> yeah, I've got a sec, good rep. Sec, sec, got a, yeah, if, if comedy doesn't work out, I'm going to... Can you imagine doing credit risk for uh, comedians? Um, no. 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 The f- no. There have been times that I've... Uh, tried to talk to my roommates about stuff or because I live with comedians or yeah. uh, whatever people at shows if I'm like really bothered by something that happened in like <laughs> the financial world and then they're just like I don't know what you're talking about I'm like all right I gotta shut up but then when I find someone that does want to talk yeah I go to town but for the most part it's just I just keep that stuff at yeah. you know at my day job put on your hat yeah put on my hat <laughs> clock in punch punch the clock Ah, this has been so great. Yeah, this is so fun. Thank Thank you you so much Uh, for having me. You have a show coming up that you say you do a weekly show. Yeah, I have a show on Sunday. It's The Big Audition. The Big Audition. The Big Audition. So I will be um, a casting director. Oh, yes. The performers will come and perform their monologues or their scenes, whatever. Yeah. Um, And it'll be like a real audition. One dramatic, one comedic. 
I, I hope everyone does dramatic monologues, but I didn't want to make them do dramatic yeah. monologues. Um, so we'll see what they do. Every every week the show is different. The last one was um, a show to raise awareness. Um, you know, everyone's raising awareness. It was like a, it was a very vague topic of like just come and raise awareness about whatever. So. Um, yeah, so this is the big audition. Big audition. Yeah. <laughs> Hope somebody does bury child. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what they're gonna do. But the stakes are high. The stakes are high. They wanna get a call back. They might get the part. If they get the part, their life could change forever. This could be their big break. Who knows? It's the big audition. <laughs> uh it sounds terrific. That's gonna be where? Uh at over the eight. Over at, the eight, a yeah. terrific venue. Eight o'clock. Yeah, great stuff going yeah. on there. Nice little room. In back Williamsburg, there. yeah. Yeah. And what's the food? Some kind of taco? Oh, uh, Venezuelan, Venezuelan food. food. Yeah, food. they've got uh, hot dogs and they've got, like, my favorite French fries. they got a bunch of good stuff there. So you, you, you'll be uh, well taken care of yeah. if you go to this show yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> what time is that? 8 o'clock. And people can find you online. Online, yeah. Um, on Facebook or on Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter. All the social LinkedIn, media platforms. Oh, God. Wherever you want to find don't, me. Don't do I'll LinkedIn. I'll be there. <laughs> Well, I appreciate uh, uh, you and your quiet presence oh, that I've learned a lot more about today. I always felt before this moment that if we were both at a, like a party with a lot of people, like I would suddenly, like people would start disappearing and then one by one I'd turn around and just be you with like a oh. little cup <laughs> in a birthday hat. No. Like, what happened <laughs> to everybody? But uh, it's, it's terrific. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And continued success in everything. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you have it, a terrific conversation with Anna Fabregan. My thanks to Anna for coming in and to you for listening. Now, till next time, I'm going to be finding the perfect bowler hat to put on an empty whiskey bottle for my new character, Paul. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and performed by James Bewley, musical director Steve O'Reilly. Season theme composed and performed by Shockwave. Podcast icon for season eight designed by Jenny Fine. Listen to Dale on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. And follow the program on Twitter at Dale Radio or on Instagram at Dale Seaver. If you'd like Dale to come to your local VFW or Elks Lodge, simply drop us a line at Dale Radio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. You're the best. <laughs>